0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
4: steeler fans everybody is working for the weekend it is friday and wow we're gonna get you through that last day until you get the glory of your two-day rest. my name is brian anthony davis alongside me is kt smith the coach kt welcome to here we go the Steelers show my man
5: hey brian what's happening man yep getting ready for a good weekend um i'm i'm excited to uh have the canadian wildfires clear out i don't know if you guys have been affected oh yeah it was rough here uh on the coast
4: yeah we uh we had the kids break out the masks just because you know the k-95s brought them out because get that stuff in your throat and i was i was feeling a little throaty today and i was doing some coughing when i was out and but uh I didn't uh, absorb too much of it, but yeah, I think you had it worse than what I had here in Maryland.
5: Yeah, it was really hazy. We, we, in at our high school today, they they didn't let any of the phys ed classes go outside. We were, we were going to do some, some outdoor workout with our football team. We had to keep it all inside. It was, it was bizarre. Just a strange event that I, I don't think I've ever been a part of on the East coast like this. You don't really worry about wildfires too much. So who knew those sneaky Canadians, man? Huh? Yeah, and, yeah, and what a shocker, Matt, is
4: not the most
5: disappointing Canada this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People, Steelers fans need to redirect their Canada angst.
4: Yep. <laughs> As they always say, blame Canada. So there you go. Yeah. KT, yeah, I, I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad you, I hope you have a great weekend. I've uh, It seemed to clear up a little bit Today, I I I hope that we're all out of the woods. And you know, there were some uh, there were some practices uh, in the NFL that were uh, they were called off as well. And I can't remember uh, one or two teams that had minicamps scheduled that they decided to forego that as well. Because yeah, this is something you know that stuff gets in those lungs, and then you're not feeling too good. So could have long-lasting effects and to the people up in canada god bless them i hope everybody's okay and uh our thoughts and prayers are with you up in
5: the great white north yeah we've got some pretty loyal canadians on behind the steel curtain so yeah there's uh there's some guys up there we hope we're all right
4: absolutely so let's go ahead and get into it kevin you know ota's here i mean they concluded for the week if I'm not mistaken or is there one more day left
5: today was the final day today being Thursday was the, the final day the eighth
4: okay yeah so it is concluded and it seems like the Steelers had a pretty successful midi camp yes they were not in pads but as Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield reminded us with myself on the preview because just a couple of weeks ago you got to be in shorts to be able to get to pads and it's it seems like they did very well as far as uh not getting too banged up. I I heard of one just maybe one injury and it was like a tweaked hamstring earlier on in the uh at the very beginning of the uh the mini camp, and that was Anthony Miller, but I believe all is well with him.
5: Yeah, that's the biggest thing because every once in a while you get that report where somebody Tour an Achilles or an ACL or something like that. And they're going to miss the whole season. And that's just. obsession. I think the big thing with uh, the Steelers is. They feel more settled this year. Now, granted, there's been a lot of. A lot of new additions and a lot of turnover to the roster. But this feels like a team that can hit the ground running a little bit more than they did a year ago, especially because they're settled at the quarterback situation. And it's funny. I remember last year in mini camp, you were reading these stories about beat reporters giving daily stats on Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph in, in OTAs. They were like, you know, in, in OTAs today, uh, Trubisky went nine for 12 Uh, and he (laughs) <laughs> like, that's like, but that tells you that, that this that was a team uh really in transition because everybody was was were combing through every little bit of information to try to glean some sort of idea as to who was ahead in the quarterback battle, et cetera. So it's it's nice to have that settled and the Steelers can just focus on the business at hand rather than some of that drama. Yeah, and this sets up success for the Steelers, and there are plenty of keys
4: for success for this Pittsburgh Steelers team this year. And we're going to talk about a few of those keys today, but I do want to remind you, make sure you check out fans first network and fans first sports network. Excuse me. My gosh, I am struggling today. Fans first sports network and steel curtain network for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs and all of your sports needs in general, as well on FFSN, you know, Kevin, I tell you what, I'm going to ask you this. Give me some keys to the season here. And I know we've got a big one that we talked about beforehand, but let's talk about a couple before we get to the main topic at hand.
5: Sure. So just a couple of statistics to throw at you. Some things I think that are really interesting and they're, and they're kind of related. I'll start with, I'll start with one. The Steelers last year gave up, to their opponents, the second fewest points off of turnovers in the entire league, in the entire NFL. And what that tells you is that they were, they were pretty good at two things. One, protecting the football, which they did fairly well. There were a couple glaring examples where they didn't. Kenny Pickett's first game where he comes in against the Jets and he throws three interceptions in the second half in a game. The Steelers end up uh, losing a close game. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky in the second Baltimore game where he throws some killer interceptions in the red zone when, and, and squanders some scoring opportunities for the Steelers in a game they wind up losing by two points. But overall, the Steelers did a pretty good job of protecting the football. They were fairly conservative, designed to not turn the ball over. But they did an even better job of responding to those turnovers when the offense did turn the ball over the defense did a really good job pittsburgh gave up just 36 points off of turnovers to their opponents all last year that was the second fewest in the league and that's a big deal because turnovers create such momentum in games and you get that quick swing where everything seems to be going well and then all of a sudden boom it's it's six points the other way and those things can be killers in football games, especially when those turnovers come at inopp- inopportune times. So one of the keys to success for the Steelers in 2023 will be to duplicate that formula. Try to try to maintain their ability to both a protect the football and b when they do turn it over in those sudden change situations to be good on defense with their backs up against the wall. Right, so a lot a big rule, a big rule that coaches say when you turn the ball over especially on your own half of the field is hold them to three. Don't give up. Don't give up six, hold them to three points. Uh, And your ability to do that oftentimes can turn the momentum back, right? You you turn the ball over the, you give the other team, great field position, you hold them to a field goal. And it feels like, okay, you know, we, we screwed up, but now we did our job and we're back on track. And the Steelers did a great job of that last year. So for me, duplicating that formula is one big key to success. That is
4: actually really impressive. 36 points, which means that's most likely, is that six touchdowns? Or are we talking about, uh, are there field goals mixed in there? And what I'm really wondering here, and I don't know if we do have this stat, how many of those uh, points attributed to a loss? So, uh, you know, that's really interesting stuff there, Kevin.
5: Yeah, that's actually a, a an interesting topic. And I was wondering about it earlier and I, I haven't broken it down specifically, but that would be a really interesting breakdown, right? How many of those points, for example, the Trubisky interceptions I mentioned all came deep in Baltimore territory. Yes. Uh, you know, and they were, they were, they came at the end of what, what had been good Steeler drives. I'd be surprised if any of them led to Baltimore points because Baltimore wound up taking the ball over deep in their own territory. But they were they contributed to a loss, even if the turnovers themselves didn't lead directly to Baltimore drives. Because so, they took so points off the board. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so it would be really interesting to go in. Maybe I'm giving myself a little project right here. <laughs> but it'd be really interesting to go in and 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 do a deep dive on the effects of those turnovers on the Steelers as opposed to the effects of the of the turnovers the Steelers created because on the other hand they were pretty good last year at turning turn their own the own uh turnovers they created into points. So, interesting. Maybe that's a summer project.
4: You know, I I think what we need to do is go ahead and put you and Schofield in a cabin in the woods and get you an uh, Uber Eats account and <laughs> and for a whole weekend and see what you guys come up with.
5: Do they deliver to the woods? If they deliver, I'm, I'm in, you know? I, I'm sure we
4: can get you. Maybe we don't put you deep into the woods.
5: Okay. Maybe it's in a campground where they'll still deliver. Yeah, I mean, you're the Boy Scout guy, man. I, you know, I'm not a, my fire starting skills are are not uh, tremendous.
4: Well, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a like a Boy Scout coach because I'm a scout master. So I don't have to do, I just have to teach.
5: <laughs> Fair enough.
4: that's actually really true i could teach it real well but there you go uh as far as everything goes i do love that exact stat and if they can go ahead and continue to do that then yeah they're going to go ahead and win more games because you know a key to victory here is not taking the points off the board as well and i like how you brought up the baltimore ravens game there too you know i I do have a question here, and I'm putting you on the spot once again. Were there any pick sixes or fumble recoveries last year? I am not recalling any.
5: I don't believe the Steelers gave up a single. I don't believe they gave up a a defensive touchdown to an opponent. I could be wrong on that, but I don't believe that they did. And I now I'm trying to think. Now, I know the Steelers themselves had defensive scores. Yes. But again, that's another that's another interesting statistic to look at is is how many points were did the Steelers create with their own defense versus yielded to other defenses directly. So, uh, again, man, we can keep keep compiling a list. Schofield and Smith party. <laughs> <laughs> I might even come for
4: that. I I might just come and bring a pen and just listen in.
5: So I'll give you one more. Let's let's let me let me give you another statistic. And then when after the break, this is this is a thing we're really going to dive into. But so the other statistic I think is really interesting and an even bigger key to success for the Steelers in 2023 will be creating explosive plays, specifically those that lead directly to points. So so while the first statistic reflected well on the Steelers, the second one, not so much Pittsburgh. Finished dead last in the league in 2022 on scoring touchdowns on plays from outside the red zone. So the red zone is generally defined as the 20 yard line and in. And the Steelers had just two touchdowns all of last year that covered more than 20 yards, and that fin- that that ranked them dead last in the league. Contrast that to the Eagles, who led the league with 17. The Eagles had 17 touchdowns of 20 plus yards last season. The Eagles had more touchdowns of 20 plus yards in their game against the Steelers. than the Steelers did all season. The Eagles had three, three touchdowns of more than 20 yards in that game against Pittsburgh last October. And the Steelers only created two such touchdowns all season long. So a huge key to success for the Steelers will be to create more explosive plays. Let me ask you a
4: question about that, and I'm going to start with the running game here because Najee Harris he could he could reel off a 20 yard run, but you don't see that many past 20 yards, Kevin.
5: No, I mean Najee's not a breakaway runner. He's a he's a power runner. He doesn't have breakaway speed. The Steelers create a lot of. I, you know, I wouldn't call them long runs, but I'd sort of call them like these sort of mid-range runs with Najee Harris. He gets a lot of runs in the in the 7, 8, even up to sort of 10, 11, 12-yard range. Uh, his style doesn't really lead itself or lend itself, I should say, to, to the breakaway runs. Uh, oftentimes in the Steelers' run game, there'll be a, an unblocked safety who will come down to contact Najee Harris. And he breaks a lot of those tackles, but he tends to do so by running through those guys. And in running through guys, of course, the contact usually slows him down, and that allows the pursuit to to catch up, where your quicker, shiftier guys make those safeties miss. And that's where you get the home run style runs. So if the Steelers are going to create explosive touchdown runs, they're probably not going to come from Najee Harris. There's a They have a better chance of doing that with uh, one of their speedier backs, maybe an Anthony McFarlane. We don't know how many touches he's go- going to get. Uh, but, but it's probably not going to come from Najee. And probably not Jalen Warren either. No, because he has a similar style. Warren hits the hole faster than Najee Harris, but he doesn't have the long speed. And he's a similar guy in the sense that he's going to run over you
4: rather than around you. And Alfonso Graham is another one as well that is very fast. So if he gets an opportunity and you might see him make an opportunity to make this team in the in the uh, preseason, just for the fact that he has got great speed. And if he could break one of those and you don't have that in Najee and Warren, then, well, that might actually
5: give him a spot on this roster. Yeah, he's he'll be interesting. And that's probably the more intriguing battle since we know that the one and two backs are are settled there. So that'll be a good camp battle to watch. We're going to go ahead and take a break,
4: Kevin. And we're actually going to go ahead and continue talking about Alfonso Graham. Something happened in practice on Thursday that I found very interesting. And I want to go ahead and get a coach's perspective on what you think Of this action by Alfonso Graham. It's really interesting. We're going to talk about it right when we come back on Here We Go, The Steelers Show on Fans First Network's Steel Curtain Network.
2: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. There I
4: am on the subway train. yeah two of the finest looking guys here in all of radio because you can't see us on the podcast end of it so uh you're going to go ahead and have to take our word for it that we are hot dudes
5: Kevin, (laughs) we're as good looking as we want to be on radio
4: yeah absolutely that's why i did it in at such an early age at age 18 i it was it was great because uh, a lot of people would call you up and they would say to me they're like uh brian what do you look like uh I'm like, well, you tell me what you look like. And so they would either say one of two things and it was the same answer every time. They say, you're probably about medium height, medium build, brown hair, brown eyes. I'd be like, exactly right. And the other ones would say, you're about six, four blonde, blue eyes. And I'd say exactly right.
5: (laughs) But if they tell you, you got a face for radio, it's not a compliment
4: and i got that compliment a lot of times that yeah. was not one so hey let's talk about other faces for radio but these are good looking faces and a uh, great looking voices too as well make sure you check out steel curtain network you know if you missed some of the shows that were on this week you have know, some fantastic stuff there was a great cutting room floor with jeffrey benedict on tuesday the fix Absolutely fantastic, Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. There was another episode of the Scobro show as well on Tuesday with the Sco brothers Dave and Rich, or you know him as Big Bro Sco. Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman on Wednesday, and there was one on Friday right before this show as well. We had another What Ian's Talking About, a tremendous show with Kyle Christ and Greg Benevit. Uh, fantastic, uh, a really humorous show, really good stuff. Another stat geek yesterday as well. The preview with Jeff and myself and Dave all together. That was last night. And then you get Kevin and I together here. So make sure you check it out. Lots of great stuff happening over the weekend as well. So, Kevin, I alluded to something beforehand, and this really wasn't on our stat sheet. Nothing that we were going to really talk about excuse me, not our stat sheet, our call sheet. And you could find Kevin Smith on the call sheet on FFSN's NFL feed as well. So we weren't going to really talk about this, but we talked about Alfonso Graham and how fast he is. And he showed a whole lot of guts today, too. He had an opportunity. Mike Tomlin said to uh, young Mr. Graham, said, hey, pick who you want to bring out for this drill. And who does he call out? He says, basically says, I want the best. Calls out Minka Fitzpatrick. We did not get to see video of this because you don't see video. But we saw a picture and it looked like he was basically on his head. It looks like he got absolute crushed. And the reports are that Minka tattooed him. Now, when you're a coach and
5: you see this, what's the first thing that goes through your head? Um, you know, the first thing that goes through your head is probably, uh, an expletive because, <laughs> because when the young guy calls out the veteran, the one of two things is going to happen. The young guy's going to show him up and the veteran's going to be pissed and that's going to have repercussions at some point, or the veteran's going to annihilate him. I, we had this cocky freshman one time. I'll never forget this. At the end of the year, we bring the freshmen up to practice with the varsity for the last game of the season. So, so we select uh, maybe four or five of them, some of the better players. We brought this kid up, Jimmy Rice. God bless you, Jimmy Rice. And and Jimmy Rice comes up, and he was you know he was an energetic dude. He was a lineman, and and I loved him. He was he was funny, and he had a lot of he was full of himself. He was probably the best lineman on the freshman team, and he comes up, and we're doing Oklahoma drill. Oh, I love
4: Oklahoma Trails.
5: And he says, in front of the whole team, he says, Pick coach, pick the best lineman you got and put me against him one on one. And I said, Jimmy, go away. Right. And he says, (laughs) Coach, now, right now, right now, get the best guy you got, the best guy you got. Well, first of all, now I'm putting, he's putting me on the spot because I got to pick one of our varsity linemen uh, as our best, which immediately puts me in an uncomfortable spot. Uh, but there was a part of me that, that just was curious to see how it would go. So I, I picked a kid out who uh, wound up going on a full ride to the University of Virginia. Wow. Uh, oh. Yeah. And um, it didn't go well for young Mr. Rice. We'll just put it that way, right? <laughs> young, young Mr. Rice was driven about half a football field before he was then planted on his butt. And um, he came back to me and he said, uh, he said, whew. I wasn't expecting that, and I don't know what he was expecting. But, but, it, but I shouldn't have done it. You know, in retrospect, I shouldn't have let him do it. It was, you know, it, it got the team all fired up, but it was a bad look. It was, a ba- it was bad for, the, you know, the, the the kid who the kid who's was going to Virginia. He was put in a tough spot because now he's got to like annihilate this this younger kid and the younger kid. He he needed to learn a lesson, but maybe he didn't need to learn it quite in that fashion. So I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, If it can be managed, maybe I'm sure Mike Tomlin did a better job managing it than I did uh, because he understands what, you know, how that drill is going to work and, and what the parameters are. And again, they're not in pads either. So the, so the, uh, the risk of injury is a lot less, but yes, I mean, I admire the moxie of young Mr. Graham in that situation, but at the same time, I don't, I don't necessarily support that action.
4: But did Jimmy Rice gain respect from the coaching staff and from the no. other players?
5: No, he no. did not. <laughs> oh. To a man, everybody was like, that kid's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he gained our respect later as he got as he got older. And he How was he as respect. a senior? Uh, he went on to play college football. He went, he went to Central Connecticut State, uh, and he was an all-conference all player for us as, as his senior year. He made it on to ESPN his senior year. Because he had a hit. Do you remember the famous Jadavion Clowney hit when he was at um when he was in college? South at at yeah, at South Carolina, and, and he leveled that running back from Michigan. He beats yeah. the block. Uh well, Jimmy Rice had a hit identical to that. Uh, in, in a in a game where I don't know what the offense had done. They didn't block him. And he came flying off the ball. And he's a big kid. He's about 6'3 and 250 pounds. He's a big kid. He came flying off the ball and annihilated this running back. And somebody sent it into Center as like a, a play of the week. And it made it on their like top 10 plays of the week. All so, right.
4: Can we YouTube Jimmy Rice?
5: I can probably. I, you, yeah, I got to be able to find is that, that I got to see but, this. But anyway, when young Mr. Rice was a freshman – he was in need of some, of some lessons. And he got, he got a hard one uh, that day.
4: Well, uh, excellent. But it seems, it sounds to me like uh, uh, it also, uh, the guy had some drive and if he made it to uh, central Connecticut state, and maybe that was a lesson that uh, he kept, he might've been humbled by it, but he also, uh, he also forged on to be an all conference player. So that's fantastic.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a silver lining there for sure. <laughs> <I don't... laughs>
4: All right. I get it. You're, <laughs> you're not in favor of it. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move on. Your, 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 other, your last key to the success of the Steelers this season.
5: Yeah. Let's talk about, well, can, can we double back real quick? Let's talk yeah. about the explosive plays, What we were, what we were talking about before the okay, break, yeah. because because I think that it's important when you look at the two statistics we just turned, kicked out there. Can you can you do both? Can, can the Steelers both, A, create explosive plays in order to, to uh, score more points? Because at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. It's about scoring more points. The Steelers averaged 18.1 points a game last year. That was 26th in the league. and And weirdly, they were among the best teams in the league in terms of time of possession per drive so what that tells you is the Steelers were holding the ball for a long time they were driving the football but they just weren't finishing drives they weren't scoring points and one of the reasons they're not scoring points is they're not creating enough explosive plays when you have to constantly put together 12 13 14 play drives in order to score you're setting yourself up for failure because inevitably there's going to be a mistake you're going to jump off sides you're going to drop a pass you're going to miss a block and get put behind the chains And and. You got to be perfect almost to, to constantly be putting together these 12, 13 play drives. Being able to hit on a 28, 30, to 40 yard touchdown pass now and again really alleviates a lot of pressure on the offense. And the Steelers couldn't do that last year. But in order to do that, you got to be willing to take some chances. And so, you know, the first statistic that we looked at, which was the Steelers being really good at at minimizing points off of their own turnovers is almost in conflict with the second because one, one way you minimize points off of turnovers is you don't turn the ball over. But if you're going to take some shots in order to create explosive plays, you're going to have to take some risks. So that's just a that's a, uh, the Steelers against the Steelers there. They've got to be willing to let Matt Canada open up the offense enough, let Kenny Pickett take some chances with the football down the field in order to create the explosive plays to score touchdowns. And if occasionally they turn over the ball when doing that, they're going to have to trust their defense to get stops so that the Steelers aren't hurt by those turnovers.
4: Absolutely. That is, that is incredible. You know, I've, uh, They really do because you bring up those 14 play drives and it's something interesting to me because I never thought of it. Everyone talks about how great a sustained drive is and keeping that defense on the field and keeping your defense off of the field. And you're controlling that, but you're also, uh, we've seen those uh, long drives turn into nothing from a lot of teams, including the Steelers, and that could be very dangerous. So those plays are very important. And those are the kind of plays that, Deontay Johnson, he did a few, he had a few of those plays early in his career. And last year he had zero touchdowns. So besides Deontay Johnson, who else is a candidate to go ahead and execute those huge plays besides the quarterback?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, George Pickens had more uh 20 plus yard receptions by a rookie last year than anybody other than Jamar Chase over the last five years. So what that tells you is Pickens emerged as uh, a bit of a deep ball threat, more so in the middle of the field, because the route that they liked to run uh, to Pickens was just that sort of jump ball up the sideline. And you can get that easier in the middle of the field when the safeties are backed off a little bit more than in the red zone when the safeties are tighter and they have less ground that they have to cover. So that what what wound up happening with Pickens was they he had a limited route tree and that route tree got tougher to run the closer you got to the end zone. So the Steelers are going to have to figure out how to create those explosives by expanding Pickens's route tree. Um they're going to have to attack to the the deep middle of the field. They're going to have to throw the post route more than they did last year. They've also now got a matchup nightmare in um in uh, darnell washington that they that they didn't have before and they're going to be able to use him i think creatively to get him down the seam matched up maybe against some strong safeties put him in some catch and run situations where you're going to be able to sort of hit him on some shorter passes in stride and challenge smaller defensive backs to come up and tackle him however they do it the steelers are going to have to be willing to sort of take the reins off and there were times last year we all like to get on matt canada and, and for his play calling, his play designs, et cetera. But there were times last year where he did a good job calling potentially explosive plays. And Kenny Pickett just either didn't see him or, or, or didn't hit him. I did a film breakdown that's got one of them in there where, where Pat Friermuth is running a skinny post on the backside of a trip set. And it's, it's designed beautifully. And Pickett's got him for six uh, on what would have wound up being about a 28-yard touchdown pass. And he overthrows him. And the Steelers wind up settling for a field goal on that drive. And so they've got to turn those into touchdowns. All of those uh, plays that could be six that wind up as three, those things hurt the Steelers last year. And so they've got to improve in that area.
4: Absolutely, they do. Anything else on the explosive plays?
5: Well, they got to they gotta uh, make sure that they can scheme some of those things On a whiteboard, meaning like design them against defenses the way that they look, but they've got they're gonna have to create some off-platform too. Off-platform's a a phrase that people like to use in order to describe a play that breaks down or becomes fluid. Quarterback drops back, gets flushed out of the pocket, starts the roll, and now they make great things happen. And the Steelers didn't do a great job with that last year. But they got a guy now, Calvin Austin, who When we talk about OTAs, you've heard now several defensive backs remark about how fast he is. Patrick Peterson said straight up, that dude is fast. And so now it feels as though you might have a guy who in an off platform situation where there's a scramble drill and the coverage is the structure of the coverage gets broken down and you get Calvin Austin the ball in some space and you let him do, do his thing. That's something I would work on if I were the Steelers. Every, every team does a scramble drill where they practice the quarterback leaving the pocket and all the receivers have to now adjust their routes. And there's some rules to how scramble, drill work, scramble drills work. And for, if I'm Matt Canada, that's a big emphasis of mine is, is f- trying to find the ball to the playmakers in space when plays get off platform. Wow, fantastic
4: stuff. Great analysis. Make sure that you check out Kevin Smith, not only here on Here You Go, the Steelers Show, but on Fans First Sports Network and the incredible call sheet, which a new episode drops every Thursday around noon. A new one today where they're talking about the wide receivers, and he has a special guest from Fans First Sports Network, John Suchan. And he is with the fanatical elves, talking about the Cleveland Browns and wide receivers and the possibility of one Nuke H- Hopkins coming to Cleveland. Wow! It's time for me to get on out of here. But before we do that, we got to do a dude of the week, and it's definitely not me with my struggling tongue, Kevin.
5: <laughs> Brian, you're the hardest working man in show business, right? So, <laughs> so if you're if you're a little uh, a little beat up, man, totally understandable. I'm so. playing
4: hurt. <laughs> there we go.
5: <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and, uh, they, you know, it's for love of the game, right? Anytime that you're, that you're playing hurt, it's for love of the game. So I know, I know that you've got serious love of this game. There you go. Thanks. But hey, okay. uh, I, I, I mentioned it before the show, right? I, I think that, uh, I saw something this week that, uh, made me think due to the week. And, and it was an interview with, with Cole Holcomb, the new, new inside linebacker. There was a little video of him coming on to, the field for for OTAs. And uh, yeah, he was kind of amped up. He, he just, he just has such a middle linebacker vibe. He, he got the long hair and uh, he, he had some bigger shoulder pads than you are used to seeing in the game these days. And he came out and he just said, uh, you know, great day for football. And it was just sort of the energy in his voice. And then he was being interviewed afterwards and he was raving about being a part of the Steelers organization, talking about the culture, talking about Mike Tomlin, uh, the veteran leadership. He, he was lauding Cam Hayward. And I, I, I'm thinking, here's a guy who came over from the Washington Commanders, where Daniel Snyder is the polar opposite of what the Rooney family has created in Pittsburgh. Really, the stability that, that exists, the leadership that comes from the top down, flows through Mike Tomlin to the players. And it really must be awesome to be able to be a part of that and to see the difference to, you know, the, the, the situation he was in versus the one he's in now. And he just seemed genuine. Like sometimes players say it, but you can kind of feel like they're, they're saying it because they think they're supposed to say it, but it really had a genuine vibe. So anyway, long story short, right? Cole Holcomb, he would be my dude of the week.
4: I feel like that as well. And our very own steel city insider, um, Jim Wexel was on his show on Wednesday. If you don't get a chance to check out the Steel City Insider, great show on Wednesdays here on Fans for Sports Network on Steel Curtain Network as well. So let's talk about what he had to say. He's like, look, really excited about Cole Holcomb and what he's doing. He really turned Jim's head. Jim did say, Hey, I was impressed by Joe Schobert, though. But I point out that Joe Schobert never had a mini camp or a training camp. Here in Pittsburgh. So uh, you know, he was also saying, Look, I could be wrong because I was impressed by other people before, but I love the fact that if Cole Holcomb is going all out in June in shorts, what's he gonna do
5: in pads? Yeah, and I think he's a much more physical player than Joe Schobert. And he's also younger than when Schobert got here with less less tread on the tire, so to speak. So way too early to start making projections for guys, but uh, good good first impression for sure from Holcomb.
4: Absolutely. Well, it is time for us to get on out of here. It has been a fantastic show. Kevin, you got anything big going on?
5: Well, working on a uh, a film room, actually, uh, on one of the topics we were touching on tonight. How How can the Steelers create more explosive plays in their offense and some of the ways they might do that? So be a bit of a follow-up to this show.
4: All right. So it is time for us to get lost and get on out of here for Kevin Smith. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been, here we go. The Steelers show from steel curtain network, courtesy of fans first sports network. We love you. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to two dudes talking Steeler football and basically one dude putting on a clinic and the other guy just absorbing everything. And that's me to Kevin's, coachiness is coachiness or it is now it is it definitely (laughs) is now yes i am definitely tired if i'm bringing out coachiness so for kevin my name is brian it's time to get on out of here we ask you to do one thing keep your feet on the ground and
5: keep reaching for those hypocycloids.